fearless tips and talks, you will find wisdom and strength to overcome fear and anxiety in a world that feeds it. Fear and anxiety doesn't pick sides. We all experience it in different ways. In Fearless Talks, I'll introduce you to humble men and women who battled fear and were better off because of it. Join us every other Thursday to learn from these powerful interviews. Well, hello, fearless friends. I have Charity Barbosa in the house today. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. So she is a wife to an awesome husband, three beautiful children. Her children really are stinking or I was saying, you know, one of the main things, so. well, they are fantastic. But one of the main reasons I wanted to have her in, besides the fact that she's a dear friend, an amazing supporter of Fearless Unite, she actually served on the board of Fearless for five years, and she has her master's in counseling. She is currently a stay-at-home mom, which is a huge responsibility and a joy of her life. But that doesn't mean her knowledge falls away. (laughs) That's right. Well, I hope not. (laughs) You still have so much knowledge, and you also have worked as a biblical mentor at True Vine Christian Services for over a decade. So you just pour wisdom from you. Um, As a friend, you are somebody that I have come to regularly when I feel anxious or I've got a problem or something I need to talk through. So You've always provided so much encouragement to me that I just wanted the world to be able to experience it as well. So, Charity, welcome to Fearless Tips and Talks. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. This is just so much fun for me to get to come and spend some time with you. And um, hopefully the conversation we have will be a blessing to others. And um, I think you and I will just have a good time together as well. So it's going to be for having me. Well, thanks for saying yes, because I know sometimes this isn't like you're not like it scares you a little bit, right? It's Talk about a little anxiety. in your face. Yeah, it's a little different feeling like lots of eyes are on you. But at the same time, I think that's okay. Like God has a plan and a purpose. And sometimes it's important to, yeah, even though I may be more comfortable sitting one-on-one without a camera in my face, I, it's, I'm it's i good with it. Or a big microphone. It. Yeah, this is fun. This is like, I feel like, ooh, I'm, you know, on the radio or something. <laughs> like, it's it's great. It's fun. This is a, a good experience for me, and I'm just happy to be here. Thank you, Charity. So tell us a little bit about how anxiety looks like in your life. Everybody experiences a little different. And I think that's why maybe there's so much of an epidemic of fear and anxiety right now, because something that gets me doesn't get you or the vice versa. So tell us a little bit about your walk with anxiety. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. I do have my own story um, of experiencing anxiety in my life. And in fact, um, I would go back to I think it was around 2007, 2008, and you are familiar, I think, more with my story, but um, I struggled with a really severe bout of panic and anxiety for about a six to eight month period um, back in that time. This was before Ches and I had any children, and um, I had an experience that I just sent me into kind of a post-traumatic stress Mm -hmm. almost. And um, I really had to um, fight and fight for um, my health to be restored, for my mental health to be restored. And it was a process. It was a long, grueling process. And um, when I read your book, too, I was just reminded, like, wow, the fact that God 
brought us together at a time where I had gone through Mm -hmm. something so similar to what you had experienced. And I, in that moment, was thankful that the Lord had brought me through what he did so that I could turn around and help others. That was what was so exciting about helping with Fearless Women when we first came on board to help with that. Um, I had been through it. I'd walked through severe anxiety and I'd come out to the other side. And I was so thankful to be able to help clients, to be able to help um, people that I would encounter and to be able to um, be a blessing in a, a place that had been so severely painful for me. Um, you had talked about in your book about how um, medication was really helpful and very important to you at that time. And um, I was one of the people who it actually worked opposite for me. I went on some medication and it did not help me. And in fact, I had to wean back off of it. And I was cold turkey for those six to eight months. And it was uh, just a a process of leaning into the Lord and having him just teach me every step of the way um, what he needed to correct or to fix or to prune in my heart and in my life to move me through that. But, and I have told um, any clients that I've seen over the years, I am a firm believer that if you need to take the medication, it's there for a reason. It's there for a purpose. It's a God-given necessity for so many people. And I'm a huge advocate of doing whatever it takes to get you on the path towards healing. Um, I took, and I'm, in fact, I meant to bring it today and I forgot it at my house. Um, I took some um, health health food remedy called magnesium supplement. Yes. It's called Calm. Yes. And um, for those six to eight months, I had to take it religiously. It really helped me in the evenings, really helped me before bedtime. And um, as I've seen clients throughout the years, I will highly recommend to start there, start with that. There's also um, what's called GABA lozenges that I have recommended to clients over the years. And it helps to, um, it's kind of like a natural Xanax. Okay. And um those work wonders as well. They're very helpful. And so if you're unable to tolerate certain medications, there are healthy alternatives that can help support your system while you work on um, new techniques and new tools to um, manage anxiety symptoms. So Charity, I love that you brought up the medication uh, because I think that there's this tension in the church where a lot of times, if you can over-spiritualize fear and anxiety, um, you know, some spiritual giants in your life could say, well, you just need to pray more and you need to read your Bible more. And I remember in the pits of my hell where I was in back-to-back panic attacks. And if somebody would have just looked at me and said, Christy, you need to pray more. You need to read your Bible more. I probably would have hit him in the head with the Bible (laughs) because I couldn't function charity. Like I literally could not read my Bible if I wanted to, because I was having back-to-back panic attacks. Absolutely. And I think what's so beautiful about your story is there are going to be some people that feel like I couldn't take the medicine either. I've never heard of anybody that, that has had that. And you are just setting them free right now to go, you know, Hey, the medication didn't work for me, but here are some alternatives that I did take. So talk to me a little bit about kind of the, 
the tension between um, faith and medication and science. No, that's really good, Christy, because um, uh, I will say I was surprised um, that fear, anxiety, panic, and all of that was happening to me. Um, As a Christian, I have been walking closely with the Lord since I was about age five. Wow. And I had what you would consider a very detailed Christian upbringing. I was close with the Lord when this happened. Um, I had been raised in church. I had gone to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night church. I went to a private Christian school and was in Bible class Monday through Friday from the time I was in first grade to the middle of my freshman year of high school. I loved the Lord with all my heart. I'd gone to a Baptist university where I was in chapel and uh, like I I was walking with the Lord. Like I love the Lord. I wanted his will for my life. Like I would say that my husband and I together were on fire for the Lord when this bout of anxiety hit. And so I was surprised because not that I, I had, I was getting my master's degree in counseling around that time. And I, I was just surprised that that was happening to me because I felt like I'd been taught, well, no, that wouldn't happen if you are a godly Christian and you love the Lord and you're reading your Bible. I was doing all of those things. I, you could check all the boxes. I was walking with the Lord. Were there areas in my life that needed further surrender? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, through that time, through that really difficult season, the Lord was able to um, pull up, dig up some of those roots that had taken a hold and show them to me. And I was able to find freedom and walk in him and walk in his truth. There were, there were lies that I believe the enemy had, you know, concealed that I was believing and God just pulled black back the blinders. But I absolutely love the Lord wholeheartedly. And so it was a surprise that that was happening to me. And then I was like, well, no, it's not a surprise. It can happen to anyone. And being in the mental health field now and knowing so much more as I've gone through life about how this all actually works, it's not a surprise and it can happen to anyone. Mm -hmm. And God is still faithful. Like he is faithful from the start to the finish the whole time. So, um, yeah, it's, It's just unreal to me the deception that happens in church culture that people are made to feel less than or not as spiritual or not as holy or not as if they experience this type of illness. And that's just simply not true. We live in a broken, broken world. And just like you can break your arm... (laughs) There's some things that could go wrong in your brain, too. And I think we just 100% understand. For me, I know that mine was years and years and years of striving, achieving, being a workaholic, not getting enough rest, and my body got stuck in overdrive. It literally got stuck in overdrive. So unless the Lord would have come down and given me a miracle, which I believe he could have done, and said, I'm stopping the cortisol. I'm stopping the adrenaline. I'm stopping all of that. I'm going to manage everything in our brain. I'm going to make the chemistry go back to exactly the way that I designed it, which he could have done. 
He didn't. He chose to wor- have me work through it. Exactly. And I think that that's a lot. I mean, it's it's your story too. You had to work through it. There were some things that you had to unlearn and relearn and uh, lies. You mentioned lies. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we put enough um, credit on the fact that the stuff that we're believing about ourselves does create uh, anxiety in our life. So what are maybe some of the lies that you had to work through? I discovered that I was terrified of dying. I was terrified of dying and I was terrified of death itself. I wasn't terrified of where I would go when I died. I knew that my salvation was secure in the Lord, but I think maybe the process or just just the fact that death will happen was a big trigger for me. And I had to um, anchor my trust in him that when it was my time to die, then that would be my time, not a moment before, not a moment after. And there was a element of release, like an element of surrender that had to occur in my heart because I think I I had an illusion that maybe I was in control. And so I think it all goes back to maybe that rooted of just in control of my life, even though my life on all these other levels, I believed I was surrendering to the Lord, you know, where we were living, where we were serving, who we were spending our time with, like what we would watch on TV or not watch. Like there were so many areas of my life that were surrendered to him. But then there was like one more that was deeply covered and I didn't know it existed. And it was the fear of death. And so I had to find a new um steadfast trust in his plan and his purpose for me to where, you know, my husband can go away for a weekend and I'm not terrified that, oh, someone's not there to protect me. Mm -hmm. The Lord is always there to protect me. I can drive down the street. Having been in an accident, uh, one time my brakes went out on the highway. I was just telling my friend this the other day. One time um, around that time, I had been driving. My brakes went out on the highway. I had to pull over, pull on the emergency brake. It was one of the most terrifying points of my life, but to be able to get back in the car and drive again and fully trust and fully just surrender that when my time has come, God's in charge of that, not me. And so it has to happen again and again. And I think that maybe that really needed to to happen in my life before I had children, before I had, you know, these beautiful babies, the heart of mine, just walking around outside of me. And I had to surrender if God calls me before, you know, I'm ready or before I think I'm ready, you know, God will take care of my children. If God calls me or one of my children home before I'm ready to let them go, I have to surrender to that, to him. And in fact, I did lose two children. My um, husband and I had two miscarriages before we had Chloe in 2010. The first child that we lost was only about seven or eight weeks along. So we didn't know the sex of that baby, but the second child that we lost, we did know. It was 14 weeks, two days, and it was a sweet little boy. And so um, we lost him to heaven, and we'll see him, you know, someday. So there's so much hope and so much joy with that. But I think um, had I not gone through that season of severe anxiety and been able to root my heart of trust in the Lord, 
I don't know if I could have experienced that type of a loss um, without that strength. And there is a strength that comes, and you know, from going through anxiety and coming out on the other side, there is a new found hope and a new found peace and a new found steadfastness, I would say, that the Lord just makes you so strong. And he does it. It's like you have the spiritual muscle flex that is just there because he has made it so in order for you to be strong and to continue um, forward in life. So, you know, the Lord knew that that, all that was coming. He knew that that was coming down the pike and um, I needed to be prepared for it. And I wasn't. So as painful as that experience was, as, as painful as all of it was, um, I now have peace that passes all understanding and I am not as moved by the waves of um, just emotions that come and go as they often do because I, my anchor is in Jesus. Somebody on the other side of this is going to go, oh my gosh, she just read my mail. And in fact, you read mine too, because I've been very open and honest that the fear of death is something that I massively struggle with. Mm -hmm. And when I dug deeper into a charity, it wasn't necessarily the death part. It was the suffering part. Okay. It was, you know, the pain that I would have to endure or, and that came out after severe panic and anxiety disorder. So it was almost like I had the overdrive, the workaholic, all this stuff. And then I experienced all this suffering and pain and panic. And then it was like, oh, what if I have another one? What if I have another panic attack? What if I have another nervous breakdown? And then it was like, what if I get cancer? What if the, and it was just like the snowball of what ifs, but it all had to do with the fear of death and the fear of suffering. And there's a beautiful scripture in Esther that talks about if I perish, I perish. And when she says that, I'm like, "Mm -mm, no, sorry, I'm not strong enough to say that. Like if I perish, I perish, but I want to be, and I'm getting there. I'm getting to the point where I'm, you're just surrendered. Like what you said, Hey God, if you take me, it's, it's my time to go, but you're not going to take me a minute sooner than that. Exactly. (laughs) And and in Psalm 91, I like to say, he will give me a long life that satisfies. And then I say, well, I'm not satisfied yet. (laughs) So I'm not going anywhere guys, you know? So, and I also, you know what, this is probably not in the Bible. So we're going to have to check this, (laughs) but here, but here's what I do know. Paul knew when he was going, there's scripture that talks about when yeah. he knew it was his time. Mm-hmm. Jesus knew when he was going. Now, Jesus was Jesus, right? <laughs> so I have this like little thing with the Lord. I'm like, Lord, if you're going to take me, warn me, show me. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul knew he was going. Just at least let me know because I think we'd have peace with it. There's so many people that I know that get to the end of their life that are Christians and love the Lord, my father-in-law included, mm-hmm. that when he got to the end of this, his life, he had peace. It was this crazy type of peace. And I believe he knew he was going to heaven and then he was going to meet sweet Jesus is actually what he said to me. I'm going to meet sweet Jesus. So I think when you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, you don't have to be afraid of suffering. You don't have to be afraid of death because he's there. Yes. And and I think he walks so closely, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because your rod and staff will comfort you are right beside me, all those things. So anyway, Charity, you just said such beautiful things that reminded me of the fact that there's going to be somebody on the other side that has such a fear of death mm-hmm. and you brought so much just comfort to them right now. So I just want to thank you for that. So. Talk to me a little bit about anxiety techniques. 
things that you maybe saw while you were when you were, you know, practicing with people, um, you know, counseling people? What are some things you, you mentioned calm, some natural stuff. You mentioned a GABA lozenge. Those are all great things. But what are some other things, maybe some techniques that you did with people to help them calm their anxiety? Absolutely. Well, um, for me personally, I'll start there. Um, you already mentioned Psalm 91. So there were scriptures that I went and memorized that I have down pat, like heart to heart, that if a moment of panic comes upon me, immediately I've got my sword of truth and I am there and I'm ready to fight and I have Psalm 91 memorized and I just go straight there and that is what helps calm me and it just helps my heart rhythm get back into where it's supposed to be. It fixes my eyes on my creator and it just is very soothing for my soul and I can 100% count on his word to help me um, in those moments. And so for me personally, that was a big one. Um, can I stop real quick? Yes. There is a uh, section in my book where I list my top 10 anxiety buster scriptures. I want to link them in the show notes. So I'm going to link idea. them because Charity just brought that up and she's right. If you do not have it locked and loaded and ready to go and the memorized memorized yeah. so i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and just like a gift to you all i'm gonna yeah. give those top 10 and and you could start there yes. start there start there. memorizing those scriptures in philippians 4 where do not be anxious about anything but in all things with prayer and supplication let your heart be known to god and then and he says to start focusing on all the good. And so I will do that. I'll just, you have to quickly transform your mind and the thought, the patterns, the thoughts that come, you start focusing on the good and start being thankful, praise, praise, praise and worship music. I know you and I both who flip that on. If um, the enemy has decided, Hey, it's time to attack. It's time to torment. Well, can't do it with praise and worship music going. So that's a big one for me. Um, I also think grounding is very helpful um, for people to breathe in, breathe out, to work on, uh, okay, what can I see? What can I feel? What can I touch? And just being more aware of your surrounding and where bring yourself back to reality. Lots of times we're having fear and panic because we're either looking behind us or we're looking ahead of us. And we are supposed to remain in the present, remain in the here and now. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So we know that the spirit of fear isn't from him. And when you stay rooted in the present, that's all that God is promising his peace for is right here and right now. And if you remain rooted in the present, he will provide the peace. If you're worrying about tomorrow and spiraling into the next day or a year from now or two years from now, well, his peace isn't there yet because you're not there yet. His peace is right here. It's present and he will be with you and he promises to be with you. You don't have to worry. He's got it. So I always go back to scripture. I always, that that is my primary modus operandi is just to root myself in that scripture. Terry, that was so good. Your three things were worship music, make sure you get yourself grounded and get in God's word and have it ready when fear and anxiety. Yeah. So one one of the cool things about what we're doing this summer is we're doing a breakthrough series on nervous breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And we're inviting guests to come in and give us different perspectives on what hit home for them. What is something that really stood out? So 
you gave us some tools. You gave us some things that we can do here in, in the practical. But what happens when your tools don't work? Is Was there anything in the book that kind of stood out to you on that? Absolutely. Um, so on page 113, this was so powerful for me when I was reading it. And I was like, oh, wow, this is good. And this is so true. It's I'm going to read a portion of it. It says, but it's important to note that not every problem is ours to solve. Sometimes doing what Exodus 14, 14 says is the best way to handle a problem causing anxiety. It says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Well, for me, there was a very true time when this came to pass. Um, So I hadn't been experiencing anxiety um, on a regular basis at this point. But if I ever did, like I've said, Psalm 91 is just my go to. It really it grounds me and helps put my mind at ease and my heart at ease and puts me right back um, in tune with the Lord. And um, this was during my third pregnancy. And I'd had my two girls um, just naturally. And then my son, I needed to have a C-section. Well, I'd never had a C-section before. This was all brand new. And it's a little intimidating to be in there under the lights and to be, you know, paralyzed from the waist down, essentially, in your... Um, having this sweet little boy. And I remember um, laying there and suddenly uh, just fear and panic started to overwhelm me. And I had the most precious um, woman there who was, what do they call it? The person who takes care of like all of your numbing stuff. And I anesthesiologist. Thank you. That's the word I needed. So she was precious probably just an angel sent from heaven there to help me and she was encouraging me and rubbing my face and stuff but I was saying I am getting panicked I'm getting nervous and I could not access in my brain Psalm 91 I couldn't access any of my tools to ground me it was almost like something I don't know if it was in the medicine or what it was something was blocking my ability to fend for myself and so that was making me panic even more because I was like I can't do it I can't um, fight like I don't know what to do here I literally could not fight and um So she and my husband were talking over me, but I'm just laying there going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, Lord. And he, I don't, I don't know if it was an angel, if it was the Lord himself or who, who it was, but I know that it was supernatural. And I just kept hearing singing over me in my mind. It it makes me want to cry right now. I'm thinking about it. Um, It was so precious of the Lord. It was the doxology. Um, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It was praise. It was praise and worship. And I just over and over, I could think of nothing else. It was just that, that him being sung over me the rest of the time that I was there giving birth to Cruz. And um, wow, God was so powerful in that moment. He fought for me. I could not do it. I couldn't access it. It was terrifying all over again because I was thought I was like no I know how to do this like I know how to fight this off and God was like I've got you I've got you sweetheart and just it was so precious and so powerful and God is faithful he is he's so 
faithful and he's so good and he shows up when it matters and when it counts. And so um, a little while later, once the medicine had worn off and stuff, I was I felt back to normal. I, I was like, OK, like we're we're done. We're past that. But I will never forget how the Lord showed up so personally and so protective and so powerful in my own life. And I I have that memory to last a lifetime. What a powerful example of God's faithfulness. Thank you so much for sharing that because I don't know. I think there are plenty of people that will go their whole life and not feel the power of Jesus working in their life like that. And so I'm prayerful that your story will will give someone else the courage to relax and let God fight for them because he is capable and he wants to do it. He wants to take care of you. And I think sometimes we don't. No, I know we don't let him because we step in or, you know, you could have at that point just gone into a straight up panic attack, but the Holy Spirit showed up. Mm -hmm. But what I want to remind someone to is charity has done a lifetime of input which is the Lord, the Lord's um, scripture, input, 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 yeah. input, input, input. Because if we want it to come out of us in those moments, we have to do the work of getting it in us yeah. as well. And it's why I like put scripture on my kids' mirrors and, and, and teach them to remind, you know, it tell them it's why, it's why we're in the word. It's why we're studying it because it is our shield. It is our armor. It is, it is so important. So I don't know that you, I mean, you could have had a supernatural moment if you didn't know, but you knew, you knew the doxology, you knew it because you had praised him with that Mm -hmm. before. So I think it's so important. What would you tell someone right now? who doesn't know the Lord like you do. I mean, you, that wasn't my story, Charity. I didn't get to know the Lord until I had my nervous breakdown. So I'm new in all of this. There's a lot of people that are listening. They're like, I'm new in all this. What would be your number one thing? Like, I want to get to know the Lord like Charity knows the Lord. What, what would you tell them to do? Um, in order to get to know the Lord, you have to immerse yourself in his people. I think we are his hands and his feet. And if you can walk into a church, it, it may be scary to walk into a church. Um, I feel at home in a church. I feel comfortable in a church, but, or get a friend to go with you to walk into a church or walk into a fearless meeting, sign up for a Bible study, um, start somewhere small. You don't have to have it all figured out on day one. But if you can gather just one step of courage towards the direction of God, he will He will do the rest. Like he will pick you up. He will shelter you under his feathers. He will um, bring you into the family of God and there are people there who are, he already has prepared in advance to bless you, to touch your life, to touch your heart. I've seen it happen again and again and again. My husband and I have been involved in um, planting churches or churches that have been newly planted over the past like seven to 10 years. And it's just incredible to watch how God moves in the hearts of people who are just brand new, brand new Christians or brand new, just interested in God. I mean, All it takes is just that one step in his direction. There's a Bible verse that says, draw near 
to me and I, meaning Jesus, will draw near to you. So that's all it takes. It's just one little baby step. And then he takes you the rest of the way. So I would just encourage you, if you don't know the Lord, if you, if this is maybe interesting to you, but it's kind of scary or terrifying, ask a friend, invite a friend to go with you um, and just start somewhere. That's all it takes. That's so good. You said to get to know God, you got to know God's people. And I don't think you realize how impactful that is to hear, because I think we stay around too often with the people that are drawing us further away from God instead yeah. of pulling us closer to God. Yeah. So there's somebody listening right now who is like, oh, geez, you know, like I need to work on maybe finding some friends that love God because that's so important. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, a church is there for the people to bless the people and you don't have to be it's like saying to yourself well, I won't go to the gym until I'm fit <laughs> I won't go to the gym until I look right to walk into the gym well no that's not what the purpose of the gym is for the purpose of the gym is for you to be unfit and then you go in and you slowly begin to get fit and it's the same with church if you it's good if you don't know the Lord, well, you got to start somewhere. You walk in and that's what they're there for. Like that's that's the whole point of church is to surround surround you with the hands and feet of Jesus and you will begin to be blessed by all that the family of God has to love on you. It's really good. As we kind of close out this episode, is there anything swirling around in your heart that you'd like to share or we didn't get to talk to before we stop today? I will say um, on page 170, I have highlighted turning my pain into purpose has been one of my greatest joys. And I know I've seen and watched as you have taken one of your greatest, deepest pains in life and what the enemy meant for evil God has turned it around for good. And that's what he's in the business of doing. Like in each and every person listening, like he is in the business of taking your pain and using it for a beautiful purpose and repurposing what the enemy intended to destroy you, to take you out, to like sideline you. And God's like, uh-uh, I'm not finished with her. That's my girl. And I've got her and he is ready and waiting for you to put your hand in his and to walk forward in a beautiful, beautiful journey together. That's so sweet, Charity. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I, you're so creative and you have just, so, I mean, you've got the crazy cute balloon arches oh, and you. stuff. And, and before that you were, I mean, just cute stuff in your house. And But you said a word that I thought was okay. really good. You said repurposing. Mm -hmm. And so in the crafting world or in the, you know, design world, you'll repurpose a cabinet or something. And it's so exciting to repurpose something. Mm -hmm. So let him use your pain for so repurpose. Good. That's so good. I think we need to know that, ladies and gentlemen that are listening. You, God is not done with you yet. That's right. And you might feel, and I love how Charity talked about, like, you don't go to the gym if, you know, well, I guess you go to the gym to stay fit. But sure. most of us are walking in, they're like, oh, we need to get fit. Absolutely. And, <laughs> And, and I think we feel washed up or we feel like we can't be used or we feel too far gone or we feel like we still battle with fear and anxiety so bad we can't possibly help somebody else. But I feel like because you have dealt with it. Right. 
it means that you could help someone else. Absolutely. Yep. You said it right. <laughs> Charity, I had a lot of aha moments in this episode, and I feel pretty confident that there's going to be some other aha moments. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you just for uh, the way that you love so beautifully. And your voice is very calming, too. Oh, good. <laughs> it's got such a calm voice. I'm going to pray for anybody that might be struggling with the fear of death or the fear of suffering as we kind of end out today. Father, thank you so much for Charity. Thank you for her vulnerability and the fact that she was able to kind of bring to the surface some stuff that I know other people are struggling with too. So God, if you revealed in someone's heart today that they're struggling with the fear of death or uh, the fear of suffering, Father, would you bring comfort to their hearts right now as we put the Uh, fear scriptures in the show notes, Lord. I pray that they would memorize scripture, that they would use it as a sharp double-edged sword piercing through bone and marrow. Father, I thank you that nothing formed against them shall prosper. And I pray that they would memorize Psalm 91 and that they would know that you do give a long life that satisfies. I pray that they would realize the spirit of fear is not from you, but instead that you've given them power, love, and a sound mind. Thank you for the work that you're doing, even in the short time that we get to be in people's homes. God, we love you and we praise you. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Charity, thanks for being on Fearless Talks. Absolutely. If you found this to be helpful, you can find out so much more in my book, Nervous Breakthrough. And guess what? Right now, you can order it on Amazon. Also, Can you do something for me? Will you help us get the word out about this podcast? I would be so honored if you would share it with your loved ones, rate it, review it, and also be sure to subscribe. And lastly, and I really mean this, we want to hear from you. If you have suggestions or ideas on something that I should cover or a tip that you'd really like help on, please send us an email podcast at fearlessunite.com. Again, that's podcast at fearlessunite.com. Thank you so much for listening.